You're in the noob shoot. What's your name? What's your project? I am Alex Shaw. I sing for Ampling Infection from Washington, D.C. in the USA. What kind of music do you play? Uh, grindcore, very heavy, very grindcore. short songs. Exactly. You're willing to admit that on air? Uh, till death. <sighs> grindcore. You want me to yeah, open my show it. with Grindcore? Are you serious? Do you know who the guests yeah. are on these shows? Black Dahlia Murder is on this episode. I think they're uh, all right with Grindcore. Well, how about the next episode where I talk to Catatonia? You heard of that little band? I have heard of that little band. Don't know them as well, but uh, I'm sure they'll be all right with it. And you want me to put your two-bit hypergrind drum machine project at the helm of all that? I do. Okay. Welcome to Noob Heavy Radio, I'm Carcass Bomb from Noob Heavy and you're listening to the first proper episode of The Noob Shoot. You may have heard the first episode or seen it in the feed, just ignore that. It's me trying it out, getting it together, sort of figuring out the process, how to do it. Not the real product. The real product, me talking to bands, bands talking to me. Bit of improv thrown in here and there, some curveballs, and some really serious features, because I don't want to fuck around with those guys. Jonas from Catatonia, you gonna fuck around with Jonas from Catatonia? Huh? Are you gonna come and call Catatonia? and be all silly and shit with them? I don't think you are. Are you gonna ring Trevor from the Black Dahlia murder and act all silly with him? Probably not. Not with the 20 minutes you're given to talk to these people. But with other bands like Crip Caller, Third Chamber, Ampelang Infection. Oh, fuck those guys, right? Alright. Do whatever I want with them. They're on my show. I took on board some of the suggestions of uh, listeners of the first trial episode, so I'm gonna try and keep this intro as short as possible. Just want to say up top, all the music you can hear under me talking is from Judd Madden. I've just taken albums of his with his permission and used them under me talking, so go check him out. Links in the description. Top of the show, opening it for us, you heard my call with Alex from Ampelang Infection. I was mucking around. Grindcore band from Washington, go check out their stuff. Some of you might know me as like a big tape head. I'm really into cassette tapes. They're the reason why the first tape I ever brought was one of theirs, so blame them for all that. And of course, we played their short song, I found your band's album at Goodwill. Now without further delay, I'm just going to chuck you straight into a five minute clip from my interview with Trevor. Go check out the website noobheavy.com for the full interview, the full transcribed interview, but I've put so much of it into this podcast for you guys, so check it out and have a listen. I really appreciate you talking to me about this new album. I've been listening to it a lot, and it's really bloody awesome. Ah, thanks so much, man. So, Verminous comes out on the 17th of April. How would you describe this album to someone who isn't familiar with the Black Dahlia murder? Uh, I would say that it's a melodic death metal record with elements of black metal and thrash metal, kind of a melting pot of old and new. And uh, it's uh, it's extreme. It's death metal. It's uh, Even though it's melodic and catchy, it's also got uh, a certain violence to it. And how would you describe it to longtime fans? I think that it is the most ambitious album that we've done in terms of uh, dynamics and variety. It has a lot of like fresh ideas and it feels like a very creative high point for us as a band. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of creativity on the record. On this record, the band had greater control over the recording process. How has this hands-on approach altered the sound this time around? Uh, I think it just gave us like an added amount of freedom to like really realize um, the songs wholly and tweak the very uh, small details. And we had more time to like sit on the uh, finished product before sending it off for uh, mixing. Yeah, I just think it saw us fleshing the songs out to a uh, a higher power than ever before, um, to more a more professional end product and a more, like, wholly realized end product. Is that different from how you would normally do a Black Dahlia album? Um, No, I mean, we've largely produced our own records in the past, you know, like, um, we're always, like, anally retentive, like, controlling about um, not letting another person kind of stick their finger in the pie. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's very natural to kind of have Brandon, the guitar player, be that guy, the kind of uh, creative input guy and the guy recording everybody and overseeing everything. You know, he's just been such an awesome force to bring into the band at this point. Uh, even though he's very young, uh, he's very experienced and he has a like wisdom beyond his age about all this stuff. And uh, he's a very musical person, very well versed in all kinds of music. And uh, he's like teaching us a lot. We're learning a lot from him and uh, learning a lot from each other and inspiring each other to kind of push the boundaries of what we've done in the past. It's really, it's always great to have a member in the band that it's also like a in-house resource for like other aspects of the music making. They're like really valuable members. Oh yeah, for uh, sure, man. He's, uh, he's really like stepped into his role, you know, like he really has. Uh, a lot of my readers consider you to be one of the most talented lyric writers in the industry at the moment, especially in death metal. Some have even called you the Poe of death metal, basically. Um, I was wondering, do you, what are your biggest literary inspirations behind your writing? That's very flattering. And first of all, uh, I appreciate that, that love from the fans. Uh, I work really hard to write for the band. I enjoy it a lot, the storytelling aspect. Um, definitely a lot of Poe influence. Definitely um, some Shakespeare influence, which I, uh, at the time... In school, reading Shakespeare, I hated it, I thought, you know. It definitely, like, paved the way for this kind of poetic angle that I use. We tackle a lot of very cliched topic in death metal. You know, vampires and uh, zombies and, like, very tried and true kind of metal topics. But I'm always trying to put my own kind of poetic spin on things. Uh, I just want to add in my, fa my favorite line from the new album, uh, the human skull was built to last. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I love that line. That's a great line. Um, what, what is that about? Like, what does that mean to you? That line when when, when you write that? Well, it actually it's actually um, this throne of skulls was built to last. Ah. Uh... And I'm saying like like death metal, this the underground, the kind of culture. Like once you get into it, like there's no coming back, and it's like a, a lifer kind of music, you know? And there you have a segment from Trevor of Black Dahlia Murder talking about how metal, once you access it, you don't stop. You keep digging and digging until you reach all the death metal. And then once you've reached all the death metal and all the metal, you keep going and you just keep seeking out metal or making metal. It becomes a huge part of your life once you find it. And uh, he speaks to that a lot and it's very true. Uh, once I found metal, I didn't go back. I only doubled down and went further in. It's just one of those genres. You can only be a nerd about it. Moving on now, we're going to hear the first full-size call to the show from a band called Third Chamber. They, are, they play death metal and they are in Canada. Two great things. We talked for like over an hour about a lot of stuff, so I'm just going to cut down to the highlights for you. Enjoy. Awesome, that's recording for Take real. I got lots of time, man. Thanks for uh, accommodating me uh, on uh, my schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not doing a lot, a lot here, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, two public holidays, Sunday, Monday. Easter, is it Easter there? You guys do Easter this weekend? Oh, they're still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they didn't cancel that. Oh, man. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Wait, wait, dude, don't tell my kids, all right? Don't yeah, don't tell don't no, I won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Hayden. I didn't hear that. Uh, so yeah, people have asked. You can swear on the show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can absolutely. Uh, it's a part of my linguistic nature to swear. Exactly. Well, Canadians are pretty much just like Australians, just on the other side of the the globe. And a lot more polite. In general, I guess. Yeah. In Australia. <laughs> yeah. Australians are very um rowdy and like we'll be obnoxious if we can be somewhere between canada and america yeah exactly <laughs> start this proper you're in the noob shirt what's your name what's your project hey this is uh jamie mcisaac from third chamber uh death metal from calgary alberta canada now i've seen you cited as brutal death metal yeah it's some some riffs are brutal i wouldn't say we're all around brutal is uh there's some melody and 
I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's pretty brutal? Well, I can't give you my opinion. I have to look up the metal art tries, I'm afraid, because uh, whatever they say is the law. <laughs> so regardless of what I think of your sound, searching in third chamber, I hope you're on there. If you're not, I'll make sure you get added because you're metal. Sorry, man, but you're not even metal. No? <laughs> no, you're not on the uh, metal archives. Uh... No. No, this can't be happening. Yeah, no, we can't have that, so I'll just add you in there. Sweet, man. That'd be great. There's no way that you can just not be a part of the Metal Archives. You guys have an awesome set. Thanks, man. I thought that uh, I thought Shane would have put us on there or somebody, but... Um, Do you have any put... core core influences, maybe? You got it's, a lot of core? You know what? People say that we're pretty hardcore sounding, mostly because of uh, Shane, I think, his vocals. Oh, so but, who are you what, in the band, sorry? Uh, so, so I play guitar. Yeah, so I write uh, uh, a lot of the riffs, but uh, I never write them with any sort of hardcore um, influence behind it. But yeah, uh, the... yeah. See, sorry, I meant to speak to the vocalist. No, I just fucking oh. with you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, no, I don't care. Who I talk to in the band. Up. As long as I'm talking to someone in the band and they can tell me yeah. about that band, I'm happy. Yeah. So what do you do I... with the band? How do you promote your music? We, we hired John Asher uh, with Asher. Uh, yeah, Asher um, Media, yeah. Asher Media, yeah. So I think that's how you kind of got a uh, hold of our uh, EP there. Yeah, that makes sense now. I was wondering wondering how that happened, actually. Yeah, so John, uh, we did a campaign with him, and uh, it's over now. But we are still kind of chatting with him, and he still sends us uh, stuff even off. Like, he's off the clock with us, but he's still sending us uh opportunities that we can uh take or leave oh and, that's awesome yeah i do the same thing with my uh my competitive pr firm right yeah my, com- my competition him he's directly my enemy and i refuse to acknowledge him <laughs> with john <laughs> no no i cover his stuff all the time he's great <laughs> I, love his promos. He's... Uh, I, I love any promoter who puts their press kit as comprehensible as it can be so i can just get into it you know and he does that yeah, he's great, man. He did he did wonders for us. We've never uh, I've been in a few bands, and this is the first time we've actually we're adults now, I guess. So we we care more about our craft and what we put into it. So we actually hired somebody this time, and definitely works a lot better than just the local promoter type thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, this is a debut uh, EP. It is. So you got a what's coming next? A single or an LP? Or what are you working um, on? Well, we're we've got lots of time to work on stuff right now, so we're all kind of uh, writing. Uh, Russ Goche, our bass player, he's uh, he's been writing some songs too for this this full length we're planning. So the next, the, we're hoping for a full length, eight to ten songs, and uh, it'll be written by all three of the string artists in the band, myself, Jay, and Russ. So it'll have some uh, dynamics to it, I guess you could awesome. say. It, yeah, it's coming. It's coming together. Right you guys do happen. have two guitarists. Yeah. yeah, and a bassist. Yep, and, and a Shane. Drum. Yeah, Shane on vocals and Dustin Hahn on drums. Oh, I'm so glad I got a band. Finally, uh, first clowns I talked to it was just two dudes in a drum machine. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if they're going to keep calling the show, or, and uh, I don't know what's going to go on there. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. So a bit of grind, bit of grindcore from uh, Washington, which is probably nowhere near you, right? Uh, no, Washington, uh, the state, or D.C. We're just Look, I don't like what's happening here. I feel like I'm on the spot now. Like you flipped around <laughs> on me because I don't know anything about yeah. America. Yeah. Like Australians, Australians don't know anything about America. I'll tell you this right now. Like, how many states do you need? Australia, <laughs> we've, got, we've got seven. Don't right. quote me on that. I'm Australian. We don't know much, I'll tell you right now, we don't know much about our own country either. Are you guys states we, or provinces? Yeah, we're states, but we've got an island at the bottom. Right. But that's we still call that a state. Yeah, speaking of death metal, that's where Australia's first mass shooting took place, is uh, Tasmania. Oh, really? Yeah, and then we uh, took everyone's guns away. That's a thing still. Nobody has firearms there. Yeah, yeah, all the police do. Well, that's why you guys know how to fight. Like That's why you guys can beat the hell out of it. Yeah, you know, knives, gloves, <laughs> bottles. You know, we figure it out, man. Like, the glassing rate <laughs> in our pubs went up really high we like to smash each other with glasses a lot yeah. and i'll take glasses to the smoking area anymore in australia <laughs> that's why no glass no i'm not kidding you man every venue no glass outside because people when they smoke cigarettes outside at night 
they have conversations, and some of those they get a bit rowdy, and people want to smash each other. You guys are allowed to take your drinks out of the bar? To the smoking area. Oh, because like it's... Stuff yeah, area. Right. Not everyone has it. Like, at the local metal venue, Crowbar, you yeah. got to go out the front and... Uh, That's pretty typical now for yeah. to take away the glass for most shows. Played many shows? Third Chamber's played about uh, nine or ten. In the, we've only been around since late 2018, I think, was our first show. Oh, wow. So, so this year was going to be our year, um, but now we've got five shows that are all canceled. Yeah, I bet. I mean, uh, which is whatever, it's small peanuts compared to some of the things people are uh, dealing with. As far as bands go, is just one thing, but I mean, people in general. So I'm not going to complain about our first world not <laughs> getting to play show. Yeah. Prop. <laughs> but, but at the same uh, time, this is also the platform to talk about metal. Like, yeah, right. it does affect the world in a huge right. way, like massive, like right. each individual. Myself personally, when I'm not listening to metal or talking about it, it does too. That's As a band trying to get momentum, yeah, shows are a big part of that, and it is a struggle. It is, yeah. So, I mean, all we can really do now is just uh, play and practice and riff and create. I'm going to ask whether or not you guys are close together or doing it remotely. Yeah, so we don't live yeah. too far apart, but we're still not risking uh, getting together something. Oh, anyway, dude. we don't want to get in shit for jamming, so we're just kind of trying to see how long we can go without. We would be more than six feet apart jamming. So, I don't know. It really sucks not jamming, though. That's the one thing I miss probably the most. <laughs> yeah, but being in that room, having that synergy, having that energy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, that creative uh, riff, riff back and forth. Oh, yeah, that's like our one or two nights a week that we actually... That's our guys' night, right? So. Yeah, that's like when I order Indian food for myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Are you a fan of the Black Dahlia motor? Oh, a huge fan. When, when you said um, that you were going to talk to Trevor and that we could be a part of this, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, Black Dolly had a huge influence on a lot of bands like that. Well, they were just, like, historical. Nah, yeah. Speaking to Trevor was definitely a highlight. Uh, it was my first time actually doing a voice recording at all, which, honestly, it shouldn't have been. I just, I <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I know what an arm actually looks like. Yeah. Because editing shit. The arms are always the same sort of size and shape. It's a, it's uh, definitely a good yeah. time to start doing stuff like this. I mean, yeah, that's it. So, what are some bands where you're at? Um, name off a few that we haven't played with that are that you might have heard of from around here, like Wake. I don't know if you've heard of Wake, Calgary-based uh, grindcore. It's kind of like blackened grind death. Their uh, new album came out this year, Devouring Ruin. It's it's really good. Cool, I'll make sure to check that out. Yeah, check them out. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Canada. Well, what I'm discovering today is I don't know anything about the world. <laughs> the, Australian the Australian education system was a failure that's still running. It's a bit confusing to me. See, this podcast is under music. And then I got all these grindcore bands saying that they're not music. So can I play your... Is it, I can't say it's music. Can I play their, I play their non-music on my music channel? Does that make any sense? If they're saying they're not music, then I don't know. Are they hipsters or what? <laughs> is it is it talking? What's not music? <laughs> instrument at all. I think it's music once there's an instrument involved. I mean, nah, there's someone so angry right now, just sitting <laughs> just sitting somewhere, just being like the whole preface of the, the non music thing is that we apply anti-music elements to create a product that is overall music but does not agree to the music construct in which we have been contained in yeah the, those kids need to uh, broaden their horizon yeah they probably aren't listening to me to be honest because uh, i'm a bit loose i'm a bit open i don't i don't you know i listen don't tell everybody man i actually listen to deathcore oh i, like I listen to I listen to post-hardcore, I listen to hardcore, I listen to metallic hardcore, I listen to a bit of metalcore. That's good to have a variety. I mean, you wouldn't be able to have a show like this if you didn't. Yeah, I know, right? But you mentioned hardcore to some of these metalheads, man, and they just don't know what it is. They yeah, think it's totally. like uh, seeing kids with like MySpace haircuts and shit. MySpace? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe there's some kids that ruined that for us, but... <laughs> Honestly, I think Attack Attack did more for us than anything. I don't think they ruined anything. I think the MySpace era was our peak. 
Facebook, what? Yeah, Facebook that followed, yeah, what? Show me a Facebook haircut. <laughs> you can't. You can't, mate. Facebook shit. MySpace was gold. What do you base... You, you don't do the lyrics, so there's no fucking point. No, but Talk I know, like... Lyrics. I know what everything's about. Yeah, well, I'm liking what I'm reading on Terraforms. Yeah, I think that one's based mostly on uh, politics, the media trying to control the world, I guess. Politicians alongside them. Yeah, that's it. Using people's fear to change the, like, terraform their landscape. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, terraformed. I like to play on words. I like the meaning. So that's a song we're going to hear right now from Third Chamber. Thank you, Jamie, for joining me. Thank you.
You just listened to Terraformed by Third Chamber. I'd say that was pretty fucking brutal. Really good shit. Now we're gonna move straight along to another segment from Trevor of the Black Dahlia Murder. And then after that, another call, followed by the fan Q&A, which you've all been waiting for. But remember, in the description of the podcast is the timestamps for all the calls, so if you want to skip some, go ham. Um, the cover art is an eye catcher. Who did that one, and what thought went into that process? Uh, that's a uh, Juanjo Castellano. Um, he's a Spanish artist who's done a lot of old school flavored death metal artwork, and I've been a fan of his for a long time. And I kind of see his approach as like a bridge between Dan Seagrave and Christian Whalen, who we worked with in the past. Yeah, I just knew it would be very classic looking. We're always doing like the ominous environment album covers, you know, like uh, don't have like a character focal point necessarily, but it's more about like the evil place, the threatening yeah. journey through this, this daunting evil place. But uh, I wanted it to have a sewer, a sewer kind of twist to it with uh, these rivers of slime. Uh, some of the lyrics on the record are kind of like, drawing comparisons between the underground scene and the actual physical, like being underground, like in the sewer and being like subterranean. So yeah, it was just kind of a natural choice to uh, gravitate towards a sewer-esque look. Yeah, that, that uh, Seagrave sort of vibe is definitely there with the sprawling and the, and the scope of it. It's, it's a really nice piece on the Verminous. Oh so, yeah, I'm very thankful for how it came out. You know, like it's a lot of pressure to have good artwork and uh it's very competitive out there now there's so so many great artists in the underground it's so important to have a striking album cover that will create anticipation before anyone's heard a single note you know yeah so the titular verminous so there is actually a vermin that's in mind with this album like a uh we are we the, yeah. the underground the uh we're the undesirable creatures that the perfect white picket fence world doesn't want to acknowledge and we're the carriers of this plague of of death metal knowledge like the the key to a uh, a life of freedom and free thought and a great music and um, camaraderie i'm saying there's a real strength in numbers with the metal scene and that we're like underestimated i think kind of still seen as um weirdos with black t-shirts you know on the periphery yeah. of a society. So uh, it's just kind of like embracing that. And like, it's like an underdog anthem. That's awesome. Uh, do you have any favorite Aussie bands? Uh, yeah. Psychropic, of course. Uh, yeah. They're the king. Abramelin, Misery, uh, Laceration Mantra, Mongrel's Cross. Uh, there's lots of great Black Thrash, of course, like trickling down from um, uh, Bestial Warlust and, that whole thing and um yeah just tons and tons of great music from there yeah he just named a lot of good bands incinerated gotta remember incinerated this and tomb we had good fortune to play with them a lot of times yeah they're from my hometown here yeah big fan of this and tomb yeah they're killer what's some advice you can give to newer bands um i would say to not put all your eggs in one basket not really Worry as much about getting a label as you had to in the past. I think a lot can be done uh, by yourself with a band camp, for example. I think that's a really awesome platform for young bands. You get their music out there. You get their merch out there. And uh, labels really pay attention to those band camp numbers, man. So they really do. Yeah, band camp is amazing. Not only is it a place for people to listen to your music, but it's also your press kit at the same time. Yeah. It's your press kit, it's your merch yeah. store, it's your way to sell digital copies and physical. Your email list. Yeah, yeah, it's great, man. It's it's, it's yeah. totally a great asset. Yeah, it puts the uh, power back into the hands of the bands to do have their own tools. Exactly. Instead of having to rely on others. There are some young bands that like have had great success without a label, like Shadow of Intent, for example. You know, that they're on big tours. They tour with us already. They tour with a lot of big names. They're in control of everything, every aspect of their world. 
Hell yeah, man. Trevor is an awesome guest to have to talk about death metal. You couldn't ask for a better guest. He lives and breathes death metal. He has so much insight. He has so many albums that he likes and listens to throughout the history of death metal, the newest, the oldest. He's right in there. It's really easy to tell why Black Dahlia Murder is as big as they are. That's the end of my questions. You can read the full interview with uh, extras at noobheavy.com. There's an article up there that will have all the transcription from the entire phone call. Those are just snippets. Coming up after a call is the fan Q&A. Right now, we're going to first have a call with Crip Crawler, an Australian death metal band that I'm a huge fan of. So it's fun to get to talk to Marco after a long time of supporting his work and talking to him on social media. And it was also just very comforting to get to talk to a fellow Australian on this show. So I'm not always out of my depth when I'm talking to someone. I'm here with Marco from Crip Crawler. Welcome, man. Thanks very much for having me, man. How are you? Great. How are you feeling? Yeah, not too bad. You're an Australian death metal band called Crip Crawler. How'd you come up with that name? Crip Crawler, we were, we were coming up with a few different ideas and whatnot. Jordan, Jordan and I um, were the ones that started it, so we're just sort of looking through a whole bunch of uh, with a whole bunch of ideas, um, and then we stumbled up, stumbled across a band called Rebel in Flesh. Um, they're from Germany. They're just really good death metal, and they've got a song which is actually called Crip Crawler. And we sat on it for a little while. We we're just trying to think, like you know, we we, th- we thought of another f- a few other names. I think it was one like Pale Procession and um, or Funeral Procession or something like that. Worm Feast, I think. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But then uh, Crypt Crawler was the one that we um, stuck with. Yeah, well, Crypt Crawler is pretty awesome. <laughs> Cheers, man. I, I see you kind of stuck with that, like the theme of that name with the uh, To the Grave album with the album cover. Like that's the little Crypt Crawler there, the creature. Um, I guess so. Like we didn't actually intend for that to happen. We just, we hit up Mark Riddick and um, pretty much just gave him like, this idea that we wanted a creature pulling someone into a, into a tomb, but like sort of like an undead creature, a zombie. Um, and he came back to us with that idea, and we're just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty awesome album cover. Thanks, man. Managed to do many gigs? Uh, yeah, so uh, I think all up, it's about 15 gigs we've done. It's like, saw us like three times in a month. I'm sure they'd be sick of us <laughs> and mm. spread ourselves out. Play maybe one gig a month or so, or one gig every two months, so that when we do actually play, people actually want to see us. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. Yeah. Um, with the EP uh, Blood Sustenance, which yes. came out recently, you did a uh, launch party for that, or launch gig for that. How was that event? Yeah, that was really cool. And it was it was very weird timing, actually, because the day that we had the EP launch was the day that a lot of the lockdowns came into place. So we were a bit like unsure whether the gig was actually going to go ahead or not. Luckily, it did. Looking back on it now, I can actually see like... Maybe maybe like it all should have stopped at that time. Really great turnout for for the circumstances, and then unfortunately, like after that, everything went complete lockdown. So, um, but yeah, it was a really it was a really great gig. Played a great set, and we even got an encore, which was pretty crazy. And we didn't have any more songs to play, so we just played a played another song twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they wanted more, so and they got yeah, more. Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> As yeah, what track fun. off of that EP will we be playing on this episode? We got one in mind. Uh... How about Vengeance for the Unborn? Just because we released a music video for that one there just last week. Oh, cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, sick. That one there was filmed at our, um, at our EP launch as well. Well, you've put out a couple of videos over the last year. How is that process for you, like making the actual videos? Like, how difficult is it to do? I remember the very first video we did, which was for Flesh Obsessed. Um, it, was, it was the first time any of us were doing a music video, so... It was um it was and because we try to make it a bit complicated with um <laughs> having uh the girl cut open her stomach and take out her intestines, <laughs> it was a that was a bit of a difficult process like making sure that it all went right like I think we end up spending like a like a full day doing that one there, so all the animation videos like I've done them myself just having that background in animation, but all the uh, music videos following that like to so not this world's music video, uh, that was done my girlfriend is a videographer as well, so uh, she she did that one there for us, as well as uh, the Vengeance for the Unborn one. So that, they all came out pretty easily, and we've got some more stuff that we'll be doing for Album 2. So oh, Album 2, eh? Yeah, getting all that planning done. <laughs> what else are we going to do? We're in isolation. <laughs> yeah. You got any sort of um, general theme ideas for this next album, or kind of what, how you want to approach it? 
Yeah, so the actual, all the lyrics are all written. The, the album's pretty much written guitar-wise. It's actually been written for the last, so I think, yeah, since December it's been written. <laughs> but we just uh, got to like, do all the final um, sort of uh, proper drums going to go on top of that, um, like all the proper recording and stuff. The lyrical ideas for album two is a slight bit different from album one. Where album one was a lot of like horror movie inspiration. Album two is more about the horrors of the world. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It was like a point where like all death metal was about like fictional horrors, and now in 2020, all death metal is about real life horrors. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. There are there are a few songs on on this next album that are based on movies because I'm I'm a big movie guy and I I love writing about that sort of stuff. But there are, but a lot of the songs do actually refer to stuff in the real world and just shit that's going on. So <laughs> yeah, do you reckon you can name me top three movies? Top three horror movies or or top three movies of all time? Uh, what do you feel like? All right, let's. We'll go with top three movies of all time. Just name. Um, yeah, right. Just name three movies. It doesn't have to be ordered. Or no pressure. Just like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number one is Empire Strikes Back. Um, favorite mm. movie of all time. Next movie probably Scarface. Um, and then number three probably Terminator Two. If we're going with horror movies, I'd probably say like Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. No, this world is based on the the thing. I really love that movie, and uh, maybe yeah, either A Nightmare on Elm Street or even Halloween. Oh, I, I also love um, The Cabin in the Woods. I think that was an amazing. Yeah, movie. that was a good one. Yeah, those are all pretty good picks. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Cheers. What about you? What's your favorite top three? All right, <laughs> top three favorite movies all time. Yeah. Four. Damn! Didn't think you're gonna turn the tables on me like that, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to say Sicario. Oh, yeah. I'd probably agree with you on Terminator 2. Yeah, sick. Do I go Nick Cage or Bruce Willis? <laughs> Both amazing actors. Do I go Face Off or do I go Conair? That's the question. I'd say Face Off, but Conair's... Yeah, got... Face Off. The uh... Conair's got some amazing lines, though. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And some like great memes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a fan of uh, the Black Dahlia murder? Yeah, I love the Black Dahlia mode. I'm very keen for their for their new album. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's what I've been listening to lately. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's 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 really good. Yeah, nice. What's some of the uh best live bands you've seen? Oh, um I'm gonna have, have to be very biased here and I'm gonna have to say Metallica because they're my favourite band. <laughs> um just being that one band that's always stuck around with me and so I'm gonna have to say they're probably one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Seeing Revocation recently was really fucking good. They really blew me away when I saw them in Perth uh, a few weeks ago with Cattle Decapitation. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Deftones always blow me away every time I've seen Deftones live. Oh, I bet. I bet they'd yeah. be good. Yeah. I saw a video uh, of um, Chino from Deftones playing with um, Dillinger Escape Plan on stage. Oh, dude, that would have been so sick. Dillinger, another cra- like crazy live band as well. Yeah, they're just climbing like on under the ceilings and speaking <laughs> like that and like yeah. leading. The last ever Australian Brisbane show they were going to have before they broke up, I had a ticket to get it and then the uh, train line shut down that day and I couldn't get in there. Oh man, that yeah, was... So I missed, sucks. Yeah, I'll never see that, them again. I saw them at that last show in Perth again and oh, it was so sick. Ah, uh, I bet. But one uh, last gig I did get to see is um, the band Isis, their last ever show in Australia at Soundwave. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, saw that. That was amazing. That was a good last show. That would have been pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that band. Yeah. Apparently Old Man Gloom, though, is putting out, just put out a new one, which is their, like, side sister sort of band. Yeah, I heard about um, my guitarist, Zach, he loves, he loves them, so he was telling me about it. I have seen them, I've seen them live with Converge before. Um, and that was really cool. Yeah, to make up for nice. to make up for live shows, though, um, I actually have been jumping on Twitch, just screaming some live sets in front of in front of some fans. <laughs> so that's been pretty fun. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I'll put that link in there too. I was actually talking to when I was talking to Trevor. He said that uh, he goes on Twitch as well in the downtime to play games. So I think a lot oh, of metalheads have begun to Twitch now. Yeah, nice. I'm. A- I might check out Trevor's stuff because that'd be that'd be so fun to to watch. Yeah, I was I was even interested in trying like trying Twitch with gaming like because I, I play um, Apex Legends and oh, yeah. basically I, 
I just get ripped and I'm like playing it and just doing commentary <laughs> and shit. And I'm doing that anyway when there is no recording. So I'm sitting there and I'm always commentating and I'm like, well, shit, I might as well be recording this. Like, people might as well be watching me, you know, kind of half be amazing at this game and half do really dumb shit because of how ripped I am, you know? Yeah, dude, do it. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that that's an awesome conversation that we've had and I thank you for joining me. No, dude, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and, um, and chatting with me. It's been good fun. All right, well, I hope people enjoy the track. Yeah, hope you See guys you. enjoy it. This is Vengeance for the Unborn. <laughs> See you, mate. See you, man. Cheers. Vengeance for the Unborn by Cryptcrawler from the recently released Blood Sustenance, highly recommended EP. Really good stuff out of Australia, as usual. Now we're going to get into the Trevor fan Q&A. I just want to say at the top, I did butcher some names. One of the people's names is not Daltonk, it's Dalton K. Well, I just read it how I read it, I guess. Like, this is coming from a guy that when he was playing Morrowind when he was 12, he called Fatigue Fatitude. So I just read shit. And I say it incorrectly, because I don't, I'm not a social person, I don't talk a lot, I don't talk out loud a lot. Most of my education comes from solitary reading. So over the course of this podcast, expect my skills to develop. Of course, that can't happen without your feedback. So if you have any feedback about the show, how it's arranged, the kind of questions I'm asking, what you want to hear, what features you want up next, just give me some feedback. I'm happy to have it. I'll take it on board. I did with this episode, I cut the intro as much as I could, because people said the intro was too long. It's all helpful stuff, just email me at noobheavyau at gmail.com. It's also where you can submit your music, your news, all sorts of shit. Now enjoy this exclusive fan Q&A with Trevor from Black Dahlia Motor, where he answers all your questions. I have some prepared questions from fans on my social media. Are you ready to answer some questions from them? Oh, yeah, you bet. I'm not afraid. 
Solar Sway from Twitter wants to know, were there any underground bands worth checking out that influenced or inspired you when writing songs on Verminous? An old classic band that's been forgotten by time, uh, Sins of Omission. Uh, really looked to that record for like cool patterning ideas. And uh, in a way, they're like kind of musical brethren for BDM, but from a whole different time and era. Yeah, definitely uh, check out uh, Sins of Omission. The album is uh, The Creation. It's really killer. Devil Speak Band, a band from South Africa on Twitter, asks, how did you enjoy the South African experience here just before lockdown everywhere? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, there was still that like looming kind of fear of what was to come with the lockdown kind of happening while we were away. The experience itself was incredible. People were really kind. And really, really excited to see us. You know, we never thought we'd get out there. They never thought we'd get out there. So it was kind of like making good on years of uh, seeing South Africa in our social media feeds and stuff. You know, I knew the fans were there, just didn't know how to get to them. Yeah, metal is just everywhere now. It's You find your fans everywhere you go, basically, when you get to a certain point. Yeah, that's like one of the most amazing things about it, man. It's just like... It defies, like, class. It defies, like, language. Um, it's just something that brings us all together, you know? It's great. Yeah. Trend Crusher from Twitter. What are your Desert Island albums? Um, it's got to be Megadeth, uh, Rust in Peace. Uh, I'll probably take Countdown to Extinction as well. <laughs> that was uh, my first, like, big metal record as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And- that just like blew my my doors off, man. Like that made me want to be a metalhead. And uh, uh, autopsy, mental funeral, suffocation, piercing within, carcass, necroticism, morbid angel, blessed are the sick, uh, death, symbolic, maybe human too. It's kind of a hard call for me between those two. Yeah, I could survive on those records alone. I think. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you got a fair few for the island there. That's good. Uh, Justin Stormland from Twitter wonders, what's your beer of choice these days? I'm just down for the cheap Mexican beer right now, like a Modelo, Pacifico, or something like that, man. I just, I like, uh, also sours. I've had a real, like, uh, really uh, hankering for sour beers lately. Mm. Skater Taylor from Instagram says, your records always look so cool. I'd love to know your favorite album covers. All right. So like, uh, uh, dismember, like a never flowing stream, which, uh, obviously had some influence on verminous's cover. That's one of my favorites. Necrophobic dark side, which was a huge influence on the cover for, uh, nocturnal. What else? Autopsy mental funeral. Again, I really love that cover. I think it's a uh, unique, the kind of weird mutant monster there. Yeah, I mean, I, I love death metal artwork. Like, I really do. I really enjoy that aspect of, of our culture and, uh, you know, trying to do the best I can with uh, Black Dahlia Murder in those regards. Yeah, Alma is one of my favorite aspects of it because it's like you never know what band's going to do next with the presentation of their album and how it ties into what they're doing. Yeah, and it's like it's all gotten so competitive, I feel like. I feel like there's barely any bad artwork anymore in in extreme metal you know like there's so many great artists out there now that like it's a challenge to uh keep the legacy going of good artwork that we've had you know sort of renaissance right now it feels like for for metal work you know yeah absolutely tom's album reviews on twitter says one thing i've always wondered is how he comes up with such twisted lyrical content oh man i tried to scare myself to a degree, I try to like think of the most villainous, dark-sided kind of approach I can, and a lot of it comes from um, classic death metal records. You know, Cannibal Corpse has huge influence on me—the kind of like three-minute story song, comic book strip kind of song. Uh, you know, horror as a whole, like uh, especially old horror movies, has a big influence on me. Uh, but also happenings in real life, man. Real life, like, uh, 
gets pretty hairy sometimes. Uh, on the new record, the song um, How Very Dead is about being embalmed alive, and it's based on a happening out in Russia where a woman was shot full of formalin while she was still alive. And uh, yeah, there's no shortage of violence in the world to kind of look to. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of... Uh, humans think of things that you think humans wouldn't be able to think of doing. You know what I mean? They just have that oh, unpredictable sure. imagination. For sure. And I've tried to apply that same like sick logic, I guess, to writing about it, you know? Yeah, that's great. Dal Tonk on Instagram says, Hey, Trevor, I'm really enjoying the singles off the new album. You think the tour in May with Testament will be cancelled due to the current state of things? Also, what are your favorite bands at the moment? Uh, yeah, man. Unfortunately, the tour is not looking good at this point. Uh, you have guys in Testament infected with the virus, of course, which really sucks. But uh, Chuck Billy is on the up. But I think we'll all still be locked down, man. I think uh, there won't be any tours across the board until at least the summer, as far as I can see, sadly. But uh, also, my favorite bands going right now are uh, Blood Incantation, Defeated Sanity, I think is the best brutal death metal band in the world. I've been really liking the new Molested Divinity album, also Brutal Death. Necrophobic has been one of my favorite bands in recent years. Entombed, of course. I find myself circling back to the first Entombed records like more and more as I get older. I'm always keeping my ear to the ground and listening for new bands and checking out demo level bands and you know young young bands on small labels and i get a kick and a lot of fulfillment out of like being a hound for the underground you know yeah well what is your preferred method of finding new music i have a facebook that has no friends like i have to keep it so i can run the band page but what i do with it is follow every label every band i like it's all metal all the time like it's only like a constant influx of metal news, basically. And uh, that's very helpful. I watch the blogs, you know. Uh, the blogs always have new stuff uh, as it's coming out. I, um, I use metal archives a lot. I think that's like a total blessing for uh, finding new music. And uh, like I'll put in like death metal 2020. And we'll look at the next few months of releases coming out. And keep tabs on them and like make a list on my desktop of all these releases. And uh, yeah, like once you get the jump on it and learn all the different labels and stuff, it's not that hard to like stay on the pulse. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm going to butcher this name. They gave me the pronunciation. I lost the message. But Christian Laver from Instagram says, Trevor, I'm really curious to know. I understand touring is a great thing. You're around great people all the time, always making new memories and having a fuck ton of fun. What's your best slash most funniest tour memory? Man, I think the best was really the, um, the tour we did for uh, Nocturnal, the uh, Summer Slaughter tour. It was uh, the first time where we headlined like a super big package like that. We were over Cryptopsy and Vader and Cataclysm and Aborted and Psychroptic and all these bands I love, you know? So it was just a huge, huge moment in time for us to get that kind of respect and uh, be at the, to the top of that huge bill. And when you watch Majesty, the DVD, that's that tour. And you see how much fun we're having and how like, it was just surreal, you know, for us. I don't know the, the funniest thing that's happened on a tour. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard one to answer. There's a lot of really funny stuff that happens on tour. And we're very comedic kind of guys as it is, you yeah. know. Well, thanks for talking to me on the new shoot. Um, would you like to quickly plug your stream for the video again? Uh, the Twitch stream? How can they see you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Follow me on Twitch. The name is Trevor Sternad. Uh, no space. That's S T R N A D for the last name. If you didn't know, and uh, yeah, come check me out. Ask me anything, and uh, yeah, no holds barred, man. All right, thank you so much for the for the talk. Um, now I'm going to play the for single Verminous from the new album Verminous, and the fans can enjoy that. So have a good day. Excellent, man. You too. Thanks so much.
Such an awesome Q&A, such an awesome song. That was Verminous, the opening track of the new album Verminous coming out on April 17th, this Friday. Speaking of release dates, I just want to say there's a couple of bands that I had to leave off of this bill, unfortunately. I really wanted to include them, but the length of this process is just beyond what I thought it would be. And I'm isolated at home with a bunch of kids. Don't really have much time to record, especially during the day. And I don't really have much time to edit either, let alone run the site. So hopefully we'll see the people that got left out in future episodes, or perhaps even bonus episodes. But for now we're going to pretty much end the show with a little call and song from a band called Devil Speak from South Africa, who I've been following back and forth on Twitter for a while. Check back in a week or two for the next episode where I'll be doing the same sort of interview and fan Q&A with Jonas from Catatonia. How fucking cool is that? You couldn't ask for a better two guests to start off with. Such a strong start to a podcast. Now you could really help me out too if you spread the podcast yourself, help spread the word, get it out there. You know, we've got some more form for underground bands to be exposed alongside larger bands. So bands get what they need, the consumer gets what they want, everyone's happy. And I want to continue making people happy. So spread the word, give me feedback, let's work on this together. Especially the tech side of things. I'm brand new to all this. I'm sorry, doing the best I can. I'm sure you're all doing the best you can too in isolation right now. So enjoy this last call from Devil Speak, and I'll see you next week. Or the week after that. We'll see how distribution goes. What is your name and what is your project? Uh, my name's Derek. Uh, my project name is Devil Speak. Where are you guys from? We're from Cape Town, South Africa. So what kind of music do you play? Tell me about your band. Uh, we're a five-piece death thrash metal band. Enjoying playing uh, some fast frenetic music. Sort of more old-school thrash metal or more closer to like new death? Uh, what's well, a bit of a blend of death and thrash, you know, taking elements yeah. from both. Yeah, what I just heard sounded pretty damn heavy. A lot of thrash is often seen as a bit softer, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Well, well, it's it's from our guitarists. They have like a big um, thrash influence, but they love the death too. So, so the riffs that come up just end up being a bit of a, kind of a bit of a blend of both. And what role do you play in the band? Uh, I'm the bassist and pretty much manage the band. Oh, cool. It's always good to have someone in the band that can uh, do two roles. Two roles, yeah. It's it's needed, you know. Somebody always has to be doing the business side of the things, um, and it's usually better if it's one of you focusing on that. Yeah, that's it. So have you have played many shows around uh, Cape Town? Yeah, we've had quite a few shows. Um, we've been playing live since 2015, uh, and we've done about 60-odd shows since then. Oh, that's heaps. started first playing, we were like... Uh, Mummies on stage, not moving at all. Um, so we had to figure out how to put on a show and entertain people as well as play the music pretty well. So uh, what's the latest release you've got out right now? Uh, the latest release is they're two years old now. It's our See Evil, Hear Evil, Speak Evil three-track EP. We're looking to get back in the studio this year. Uh, but with lockdown now all over the show, including South Africa, we've got to see when we can do that. We wanted to get two singles out this year because we want to experiment with changing up our, the way we do the production, the recording and stuff. So we figured, you know, using singles to experiment with that is probably a better idea than going in to do another EP or album and um, finding we don't like it or something didn't work on a bigger project. Yeah, that's a really good use for a single, actually. People often ask me advice about uh, promoting music and i'm often quite stuck when it comes to singles so that's a pretty good idea definitely it's a, it's a much easier way to experiment with some things if you're gonna try something new you know uh it's less commitment on everybody's part that's involved actually yeah yeah no that's a good way to approach it cool <laughs>